ADT professionally installs Google Nest products, helping to make your home safe and smart. You can check in on your home and manage your security system from virtually anywhere. And with Nest Cams and Nest Doorbell, you get intelligent alerts on what matters most. Plus, when every second counts, you can trust ADT's 24-7 professional monitoring. When the most trusted name in home security adds the intelligence of Google, you've got a home with no worries. Go to ADT.com today or call 1-800-ADT-ASAP. It's not quite as awesome as a musical episode, but we're back with the final Best of 2018 edition of the E-League Report, the best damn esports show you'll listen to this week. I'm past Brian, coming at you pre-taped so that present Brian can spend the break getting out of Bronze League. For the past couple of weeks, we've been revisiting some of our favorite moments from 2018. This next clip is one of my favorites, mostly because I got to gush about my favorite thing in the world, the FGC. Evo was one of the best events of the year for me, and getting to spend the weekend surrounded by my people was incredibly needed. Plus, we got to see Dragon Ball Fighters have its breakout moment, drawing the largest audience in Evo history. I am never more hyped than I am when I get to talk about Evo. And I was at Evo 2018 this year in Las Vegas. And for those of you that know me, those are my people. I love me some FGC. I love going and spending time at Evo, playing fighting games, watching watching the esports. And this was probably the best Evo from a competition standpoint that we have had in quite a while. And I know there's going to be some people that are already typing the hate mails. They're already pinging me on Twitter. But it was a pretty ridiculous Evo. Now, for starters, let's talk about Sunday. So Sunday is the big Grand Finals day. Now, not every game's Grand Finals is on Sunday, but the biggest games, as far as participation, happen on Sunday. So what we saw on Sunday started with Guilty Gear, Xrd Rev 2.1, which, personal favorite of myself. You had Smash Brothers Melee, followed by Tekken 7, Dragon Ball Fighters, and Street Fighter V. And that was just never, Sunday. It ran from I've like 8 a.m. until like 2 in the morning. <laughs> and I had to sit my happy ass in that seat because it was general admission. So as soon as you got up, someone stole your seat and had a good seat. So I was like, I am not leaving this chair. I need to find someone to go get me some popcorn. But there are all sorts of interesting stories. So let's start with... Americans showing up in anime in a big way. We had a American winner, the first Dragon Ball Fighters champion at Evo, your boy Sonic Fox. Which I guess was, he's my boy now. He, yeah. He's everybody's boy. The man in the fursuit. <laughs> he did it against Goichi twice in yeah. the most watched Evo finals ever. 253,000 peak viewers watched this happen. They got to watch a very controversial side switch, which we will get to in a moment. But <laughs> showing up in a big way, Dragon Ball, the biggest game in EVO 2018, both from participation and a viewership standpoint, biggest game in EVO history from a viewership standpoint. And that is saying something, because even though Street Fighter V was definitely delayed later into the evening than was expected. I think it was originally supposed to kick off at 7.30. It didn't start till like 9, 9.30 Pacific. It did get a host from Ninja to, to help it along. Right. And it still just barely broke 200K. And that's not hating on Street Fighter. I'm just saying, like, that's a pretty big deal for Dragon Ball Fighters. 
so Saudi Fox ends up winning that. Americans doing awesome. But that's not the only place where America showed up. So I fell in love with Tekken during this tournament. I have really? had yes, I have had a mixed relationship with Tekken. I've never mm-hmm. really enjoyed Tekken. There were some ridiculously good Tekken matches at Evo. And your boy little Majin, everybody's your boy. I'm just letting you know. I've been at Evo, <laughs> so everybody like, fan, everybody's your boy. You were the most popular person at Evo right now, and you weren't even there. But little Majin beats JDCR in probably the best Tekken match I have seen in a long time. If you watch nothing else from the Tekken tournament at Evo, go find that match between Lil Majin and JDCR. Because not only is it amazing, but Lil Majin comes back and there's this hilarious, like, you know, they have, like, the hard camera on the individuals and they put the hard camera on him and he just does this little, like, Dwayne the Rock Johnson eyebrow raise. Just like, no, I got this. And he ends up winning... But in like, I don't want to give it away. Just watch it. It is absolutely amazing. So he finished third. <laughs> just gave it away. You said he won. Well, I know he wins, but I don't want to give <laughs> how he won. You could go and look at the results okay. and figure right. out how he won. Just saying. <laughs> um, on top of that, we had Guilty Gear X Zerd Rev 2. And that had the highest finish by an American ever at Evo for Guilty Gear, where Lost Soul made it to third, and the crowd went nuts for him. The crowd was super hype all day, whether it was the 8 a.m. Guilty Gear or the, like, 11 p.m. Street Fighter. The crowd was on fire. If you go back and look at some of those videos, uh, people doing the cell intro scream and, like, the entire audience just screaming at the top of their lungs. So a lot of interesting results. Talk about some of the winners here real quick. Uh, So, as I mentioned, Sonic Fox took home Dragon Ball Fighters. Problem X... One of our favorite players from Ely yeah. um, ended up beating Tokido. That was awesome to see. That was amazing. It was, so people, we didn't put this on the show, but Problem X was one of the people that we interviewed at Ely when we were there, and we didn't end up airing the interview because he didn't get as far as we were hoping in the tournament. And then he goes and beats the winner who we did interview, Tokido, and winning Street Fighter V. First, I believe the first European to win Evo Street Fighter, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Tekken 7... Uh, you saw uh, Lo Hu ends up winning. That was a, also a good final. Lil Majin finished third, so props to him. Uh, Smash Brothers for Wii U, Smash 4, which this is probably the last time we'll see Smash mm-hmm. 4, given that Ultimate is about to come out, which we'll talk about here in a bit. Um, they staged a walkout, which I <laughs> yeah, thought was I insane. So for those of you that don't follow it closely, and I'm probably going to butcher this a bit as I'm not like a hardcore Smash fan, but... Bayonetta, widely believed to be OP, needs nerfed, has not been nerfed, dominated the character choices in the top eight, including a all Bayonetta final, which saw like a minute to two minute just like gun blast stall that just pissed off the audience and they literally just got up in mass and walked out, which was crazy. Uh, Captain Zack and Lima got a bunch of shit for it. Like, people felt they were being disrespectful to the audience, being disrespectful to the game, basically just, like, putting on blast how OP Bayonetta is by doing this. So, that did not go over well, and of course, it's never, you know, it's never an Evo without some side of the Smash community, you know, having some drama going on. (laughs) Leffen ends up winning Melee. Yeah. Which is crazy, because you're looking at a top eight that includes Mango, Hungrybox, and Armada. Which is and, just nuts. And Hungrybox, I think we had talked about this. I think Hungrybox said he had injured himself or was claiming that he was injured part, like <laughs> yes. the day before Evo started, I think. I uh, was talking about pain in his wrist or something like that. So, But, I mean, 
Since you have to use that. Sell it enough. He did sell enough, right? But yeah, but who knows? It's a really tough out. Leffitt ended up donating some of his winnings to yeah. players that, that finished lower in the, in the melee tournament, which I thought was awesome. There's a lot of cool um, stories like that. I'm trying to remember. I believe it was – it might have been Lil Mod. I'm going to get this wrong, but Justin Wong had actually paid for a player to come and compete at Evo, and it was either Lil Majin or Lost Soul. I can't remember which one, but one of them was the player oh, that wow. Justin Wong basically funded to come play, and then he – you know, both of those players end up doing really well, so that was a cool story. I think Justin Wong, did he also get engaged at Evo? I'm not lying. I think so, I think yes. I saw that floating around like, Twitter. I think he did. Yeah. But, I mean, to talk about Aleffen uh, and distributing the, the prize pool, he was saying that, you know, if you got seventh place, and that's out of a thousand plus players, uh, that you only won 150 bucks. He was, like, really annoyed with the, the actual prize pool. And he's historically been kind, kind of complained about it. And yep. he said, so he was going to donate that money down the chain to the people who got like, you know, seventh place, whatever it may be. Basically didn't even cover their cost to be at the tournament despite like finished something seventh out of like thousands. Yeah. It's like you, if you make it that high up, you should get at least enough to, to have covered your trip. Uh, he said, you know, just even gas alone, if you were within the area and a hotel was over a hundred bucks, like, come on. Uh, so he was talking about uh, donating that down. And if they didn't want to, he'd throw it to a charity, which I thought was really cool. I mean, I think he only won like seven grand or something like that. It wasn't like he won like a ton of money, but still he was just like, you know, I'll throw it somebody's way Yep, just for giggles. Yeah. <laughs> well, and this is part of the problem, especially for Smash, because you don't have the developer augmenting the prize pool like you do in some of these other right. games, right? Like right. Arc Systems, Bandai Namco, Capcom, um, NetherRealm, a lot of them will augment, but Nintendo's not currently doing that to the same degree or at all for depending on the game. So that is definitely not helping. Um, and I think in the past they've done some stuff through like match. Is it match I think that he did to try and increase price pulls. Yep, yep. I think it might've been last year. I don't know if they did this time around, but they're still, they're still woefully money. bad in comparison. <laughs> yeah. Like in general yeah, for Evo, they, they can be pretty low, but especially for the games that don't have developer backing. Right. Um, and it is, I mean, it's, you have to recognize it, whether you think it's okay or not. A game, you know, we're talking about a significantly older game that Nintendo probably has zero interest and just keeps trying to, like, Ultimate is the latest attempt to try to get people to stop freaking playing Smash competitively, Smash 4, or sorry, not Smash 4, Smash Melee, and move on to Ultimate. I don't know that that's going to happen, but it is hard for them because Nintendo, like, it's not in their best interest, some would argue, to augment the prize pool for such an old game when they're trying to get people to move to play the new game competitively. And I think we saw when... Street Fighter Five came out. I think even Capcom was trying to push money towards that, the Pro Tour stuff. Like they did, yeah. yeah, they did multiple things to kind of push. Well, and that was a big deal then because Street yeah. Fighter Five was not ready. Like when Street Fighter Five right. came out, it was yeah. not it was not ready to, for prime time. So that, a lot of people's argument was like, yeah, okay, that's great, but when until this game is ready, which obviously is recovered and doing well now, um, you should you know we want to play four because we feel like four is a better game and this is a theme we will talk about in a minute because actually we'll talk about it now because i'm talking about blaze blue so blaze blue cross tag battle game's only two months old uh made its debut at evo was fairly well received you know i forget the number i want to say 12 1300 participants um hiho ends up winning at japanese player but one of the things we saw with a game like this when you get these 2v2 3v3 fighters like we saw with dragon ball and blaze blue when they're early on in their development cycle because they're the dlc characters become so prominent 
the meta is fairly boring when you look at it across, especially the like super right. competitive players. We saw this in the Dragon Ball Top Eight. We saw this in the Blaze Blue Top Eight. This has been a problem with Blaze Blue since nearly the launch of the game, which is just like Ruby is just so OP that this is what you're just stuck with. So you get the same team playing the same team over, and it does get a little bit stale. And it, it's harder for those early games. Now, they have already started to augment this by announcing they're adding nine new characters. This actually already came out earlier this week. We got a new game franchise that they teased, um, which we'll talk about in a few minutes, that is going to be added to the game. But this is this is the problem with some of these newer games is because the developers are so reliant on character DLC to make money to continue to support the game. The games don't necessarily come out with, say, the Marvel vs. Capcom 50-character <laughs> type things. And when you're already a tag right. fighter, it definitely limits the options options as far as the meta is concerned yeah and the sheer amount of money that uh nintendo could probably make through smash brothers and and, and ultimate uh if they were to even charge like 99 cents a character it's like 150 plus i think is that what they're at now the right around like 150 yeah in terms of like it's characters obs- or something yeah when you take echo fighters and everything into yeah yeah it's just uh, cameos we'll say uh yeah it's just <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, they can make a killing off that. I hope they don't go that route. So Nintendo, I'm sorry, rewind this and delete this. Uh, Pretend like you did not hear any yeah. of this. Yeah. But, but yeah, so that was the problem with Blaze Blues. There's a lot of Gordo Ruby, which is hands down the, the best team by like leaps and bounds, even at the professional level. So you're either like trying to be different or you're playing Ruby and Gordo. And we, we definitely saw that. You saw a similar, there's a little bit more variation in Dragon Ball Fighters, but Definitely, like, there's just not, and that's a 3v3 game, so there's just not enough roster there to make it super dynamic. It's not like Marvel versus Capcom was at its peak, where it's like there's three, four, five, six, seven combinations that could potentially work. You definitely, like, see the same over and over again. And they're, they're making progress. We just had uh, Base Goku and Base Vegeta come out today. They announced Cooler, um, Freeze's brother, uh, at the event, which is awesome. And he's definitely, like, just not a, um, color palette swap which people have been you know obviously that game's getting a bunch of crap because we have like 900 versions of goku and vegeta <laughs> and it's like right i saw somebody's like coming soon dead goku farmer goku fisherman goku <laughs> I'm like, yes i cannot wait um so overall like evo was pretty freaking awesome um they made a good amount of sponsorship money everything's growing across the board viewership went up sponsorship went up right um no espn this year but that didn't seem to hurt viewership as far as Twitch is concerned. I, in all honesty, I think ESPN did a really crap job of it last year. I think we talked about this. They've done, they, yeah, they did it two years in a row. Both were crap. The first year we gave them a yeah. free pass because it was literally like, what, three or four days before the event happened that they announced it was going to be on ESPN2? Yeah, that that might have been the one where they actually had like the announcers. There was like a, it, they weren't even like the same announcers that were uh, casting the game, essentially. They brought in additional casters, but they were really close to the stage. So you're getting like crowd reactions and um, the other announcers actually bleeding in, and yep. it was just poorly done. They weren't shielded well, sound wise, or anything like that. And so, uh, yeah, that. But that was that was one that was like really last minute. They announced it like Thursday that the that the Street Fighter Finals was going to be like broadcast on ESPN, and it's like okay. If you want to spin that one together in three days, good good job. <laughs> yeah, this, so it was interesting from a production standpoint. I saw a lot of people complaining on Twitter. So we had like the casters for each game that were on the stream. 
But then you we had mostly Tasty Steve and insert random other hype man who kind of did commentary, but were mostly just yelling and screaming about things when they were happening, which is, you know, it was fine. Give us something to listen to. But the, the mix of audio between the game audio and the two of them yelling, and it wasn't done very well. The stage was also shifted more concert style this year, where in the past mm-hmm. they've done more centrally located, which I prefer. I think that's great. It makes everyone kind of feel that they're roughly equidistant from the stage. Um, but for some reason, they moved the stage down to the end in a more concert setup. So it was probably because they wanted to do the one, the single, um, the single big screen this this time around. Yeah, and they did, uh, but that was out of sync with the arena screen that they still had. They still had the four way arena screen above it, right. and it was like a That's second right. behind sometimes. And it was yeah, it was a little weird, but. Overall, like those, still a great event. Um, I, I've hinted on a couple of these, but we'll run through some of the announcements that we heard. I talked about Blaze Blue got nine additional characters, which I'm super stoked about because include my favorite character, Mika from Undernight Inbirth. So, you know, for the 10% of you that know what I'm talking about, like I'm super stoked about that. Um, more importantly, though, we're going to get another game franchise woven into the characters available in Cross Tag. <laughs> Uh, right now, the rumors are one of two franchises. One is Senran Kagura, which is a video game franchise. It's also been spun off in like an anime and a manga. It's about these female ninjas um, or Arcana Hearts. We will see. The person who leaked Senran Kagura is also the person that has leaked a lot of the characters with almost 100% accuracy. So I think it's fairly likely we're going to get a bunch of waifu fodder but we'll we'll see we'll see how that works out um in street fighter 5 we knew this was coming but um then we were surprised they announced both at evo and they were both immediately well immediately available as in a couple days later but g and sagat both got announced uh long island joe nearly wet himself when sagat got <laughs> announced like there was these videos floating around of him just like jumping up and down and getting teary-eyed and like he's super super stoked so uh, those are live now. You can play the same with the Blaze Blue characters. Like all those are available live now. Uh, the Switch port of Dragon Ball Fighters is now available as a beta. You can starting today through the end of the weekend, you'll be able to play Dragon Ball Fighters for free on the Switch. If you want to check that port out, uh, we also got Astaroth and uh, Seong Mina from uh, for Soul Calibur Six. So some more classic characters from previous versions of Soul Calibur. Uh, we got Lei, Anna, and t- much to the confusion slash excitement of the audience, we're getting Negan as well in the next <laughs> season pass for Tekken 7, continuing this weird like guest character thing. They've just It's like, oh, here's Akuma, here's Geese Howard, here's... Um, we got Noctis, I think, from Final Fantasy, and now we're getting uh, Negan from The Walking Dead, which just like opened the door for all sorts of memes. I saw Kermit the Frog with lightsabers and... <laughs> there's yeah the, the announcement for it, though what didn't actually show any kind of gameplay no like, no we just got like just artwork yeah so and i think they even used a clip from the tv show so it wasn't like they even used the same voice actor for something specific for the clip so who know did they say when that was actually going to be dropped no we have no info on it we don't yeah. know the other characters that are going to be part of the season pass uh, i mean the style of Tekken 7 certainly fits a guy walking around with a baseball bat, so it's not like it's going to be mechanics-breaking. Um, but, you know, any more so than than uh, Ano with a uh, giant rocket launcher in the middle of the match. So, you know, baseball bat seems relatively tame by comparison. Uh, cooler, as I said, next character coming to Dragon Ball Fighters. Um, yeah, so a ton of announcements from a character standpoint. Another big one that I want to spend a couple of minutes talking about is Arc System Works announced that their fighting game world tour that'll be called the Arc Revo World Tour coming to America in 2019. And what is interesting about this 
is it's going to include Guilty Gear, it's going to include Cross Tag, but it's also going to include Central Fiction, which is a game that has been dropped from the list. It's been replaced by Cross Tag Battle at Evo as a as a mainstay game. So it's going to be interesting that there's going to be a world tour that is going to make this a prize-winning game. And given that Evo will be a stop on the Arc Revo World Tour in 2019, will we see both Central Fiction and Cross Tag be available as main stage games? It'll be interesting because usually when a new one comes out in the franchise, even if it's very different, which Cross Tag is very different than Central Fiction, um, what impact that will have on the the Evo main stage games? Yeah, but I mean, also at that same point, they could uh, get a venue nearby to do it. I'm sure if they're paying money for it to happen, Evo oh, it'll will definitely it'll happen it at Evo. Honestly. That's not the question. Yeah. The question is, is, does that get put into the official rotation of main stage games where they tech, yeah. you know, Smash is the only one that has gotten, at least that I can remember, that has gotten you know multiple games in the franchise as main stage games like they did this year. So um, I'm not saying it's out of the question. I also welcome it. I think um there's this definite move and i'm not going to be an elitist here but there, there's this definite move for an arc systems games to them simplifying mechanics we've seen it in dragon ball fighters which is technically a bandai namco game but uh, made by arc systems as well as blaze blue and with guilty gear being the only last you know stanchion of the complicated mechanics that arc system works is known for i'm actually excited to see central fiction be brought back into the equation because i like some of I, it's not for everybody and it's not as accessible as some of the other fighters, so therefore they'll never be as big. This is why anime has not grown as fast as other genres within the FGC. But I'm excited to see Central Fiction back into play, especially since we haven't got a Persona 5 Arena announcement. Uh, we didn't get an announcement. There was a rumored Persona 5 announcement. There was an even more strongly rumored next Guilty Gear announcement, though the rumor is for that it's also going to get uh, simplified mechanics. So we'll see, but I'm stoked about that. I think any, you know, any more developer support for fighting games is super welcome. So... Happy about that. And then last, and this didn't happen specifically at Evo, but we knew this was coming, which is you can play Smash Ultimate at Evo, which the line was just, like, massive the entire weekend, unsurprisingly. But we knew we were going to get a Nintendo Direct, which we got today, Mm -hmm. announcing a bunch of new characters. And And we have have Chairgate. (laughs) Yes, let's talk about Chairgate for a second. So... (laughs) They did the Nintendo Direct, they announced some characters, um, but all anyone cared about that there was a purple and yellow chair oddly framed off into the side. Like, the camera angle made no sense, so it it feels like the chairs were purposely put there, and everyone's like, Waluigi confirmed. Yeah, I mean, that's all it takes is some some chairs and some hope, evidently. (laughs) People desperately want one. I mean, come on, Nintendo. We're gonna get them. I, you know, I don't know if it'll be at launch or if it'll be as a DLC, but they, they've got to do something. Even if he's just an Echo Fighter for Luigi, which I know wouldn't probably appease everybody. But so we got um, King K. Rule from Donkey Kong was announced. We got Simon Belmont, which was announced. Uh, Richter is going to be Simon Belmont's Echo Fighter. We also got, I believe, a Dark Samus from Metroid as an Echo Fighter as well. We now have a confirmed number of stages at 103. It's insane. The Donkey Kong stage, which is the uh, new one that's Donk inspired City. by Odyssey. <laughs> yeah. It's a little weird, but I don't I, Just Odyssey and the real worldness uh, kind of stuff. Like everything just, about Odyssey in the real world that weirded people out. Like Mario's interacting with humans. Yeah. Yeah. And so now it's kind of a Mario Odyssey inspired Donkey Kong level, which is. Cool, I guess. I guess. New Donk City. 
Uh, we're also getting a yeah. stage morph feature. A, uh, it's, it's morphs from stage to stage. I don't know. It's. I mean, you, you kind of have to when you're at 103 and counting. So. Yeah, like we've run out of ideas. How you have 103 <laughs> is beyond me. But and I think it, it's interesting given that stage select in Smash is a huge part of gameplay, especially at the competitive level. Like it's right up there with maps and and uh, first person shooters and and hero shooters. And I'd say Tekken is probably the only other game I can think of right now. Though I imagine games like Soul Calibur and Dead or Alive are going to bring this back, where stage select is important. But I don't think it has as big of an impact to gameplay as it does in Smash. But does it have as big an impact as uh, swapping sides? Oh, man, yeah. So let's talk about that. I'm glad you brought us back to that. So um, it would not be Evo without some drama. And there was some drama. The Smash and the Street Fighter communities got into it a little bit. Um, there were some snarky remarks made by on the Smash side. But the big controversy of the weekend was during the Dragon Ball Fighters final. So Goichi had been knocked down to loser's bracket by Sonic Fox. He made his way back into the grand finals, and for those of you unfamiliar, it is double elimination, best of five in the grand finals, and, and also in the winner's finals and loser's finals. And so Goichi has to beat Sonic Fox twice in order to win. So he beats him, causes a reset. He goes 3 O's him, too. Like, he he rocked him. It was not like a, oh, he eked by. No, Goichi, like, owned the crap out of Sonic Fox in that first set. You yes, go to do the reset, way. and then all of a sudden you kind of see... Sonic Fox trying to talk to Goichi. They bring translators in. There's a coin flip. And, and what we learn is basically Sonic Fox wants to switch sides. Side swapping is allowed by the rules after a set. And because there is a reset, he is allowed to do this. So for those of you that are getting angry without knowing the rules, it is in the rule set. Now, the reason why people are upset are not necessarily because he switched sides, but it's because it took so long. Now, in my opinion... It took long, not because Sonic made it take long. It's just Goichi didn't want to swap. They had to go through the process of like breaking the tie of who was going to be on what side. And you add in the fact that Goichi doesn't speak English and Sonic Fox does not speak Japanese. And they have to get a translator involved. You watched him. It was painful, I imagine, to go through that whole process. It was, yeah. And so people felt like that Sonic Fox was trying to ice Goichi. Now, to be fair... Goichi got pretty damn close in that first match against Sonic Fox. Like, it did not look like it had swayed. And eventually Sonic Fox came around and, as we said earlier in the show, won it. Um, this is a re, also like a rekindling of the controversy from the E-League Street Fighter Grand Finals in which there was a commercial break between the reset yeah. and the ultimate final set, which also people believed had an impact and took momentum away uh, right. from Smug. But overall, right. like, the dramas was hot. Yeah. Yeah, and that was the very first thing I the parallel I drew. It's like, okay, this is immediately going to be exactly what everybody complained about with the E League uh stuff was that there was a commercial break between the reset. And so I think that's uh I mean, they knew the commercial break was coming. Like that was like they knew it was gonna happen, so nobody was surprised by it. But yeah, it is kind of like a momentum killer or a momentum changer and yeah, it wasn't like Sonic Fox easily could have just been like, Okay, cool, let's just swap seats we're good but it became uh like you mentioned it became kind of chaotic and it became like i think somebody didn't necessarily know the rule you had to get translator then it looked like i don't know some guy who looked like doja <laughs> csgo <laughs> came out and flipped a coin uh and then yeah uh <laughs> that was it but and this is something we've got to get used to yeah. and you know i sonic fox made a good point that i think is worth talking about for a minute which is 
we're taking a lot away from Goichi to say that the only reason he lost, like he's not a professional, should be able to push through this and still be a great player. Goichi did not all of a sudden become trash because there was like a ten no. minute break between the one set and the other set. Like that's. I get momentum to a certain degree, but this is just sp- part of competition. This is going to keep happening. In fact, if you look at sports like basketball and football, and not to draw too many traditional sports parallels, but as part of the strategy, you know, icing the kicker, calling timeouts at the end of a mm-hmm. game, like if we're professionals and you are good at the sport or the game that you choose to play, yeah, it's a bit of a, maybe it's a bit of mind games. Even if it was, let's just say for a second, that Sonic Fox's whole plan was to ice Goichi. You got to give Goichi more credit than that. Like you can't just say that yeah. uh, he's a, he's a great player until he has to sit five minutes between sets and he's free. Like that's it's not at all how it should go. And I think that's a good point. Like we we and it's usually the people who have no idea or very rarely competed in any esports are getting super angry about it. Like it's not fair, and it's like <laughs> it happens and. Was Goichi upset at the moment? I imagine he was. He was a competitive person. He just lost the finals of Dragon Ball Fighters after like owning the crap out of Sonic Fox in the fir- in the reset. And I get it, but I don't think we can like hold him responsible, him being Sonic Fox, or even like say that like we just have to get used to it. It's how it's going to be. There's going to be breaks. Things are going to happen. Yeah. Like that's like saying, oh, it's not fair. Goichi was awesome in the quarterfinals, and then he had to wait 45 minutes until the semis. Like, <laughs> just fucking happens. Like, yeah. you just got to get over it. So. That was the drama, um, and then the media being the media, like, it's, oh, Sonic Fox, then we got to pay attention to him, and then there's a bunch of misreporting. So following Sonic Fox on Twitter over the last week has been pretty <laughs> hilarious, because he also tweeted at the end of the match, he's like, I'm gay, and like then like everybody jumped on board and was like, oh, I, I thought, yeah, he didn't know he came out, he came out as gay, oh my god, he's like, no, I've already come out, like, uh, it's also called a fursuit, uh, you know, just like going through like the, all the things that the main, main, more mainstream media was trying to do covering it. Uh, was, yeah, it was pretty funny. They, they, they didn't know, like, uh, yeah, they didn't know it was called a fursuit that what he was wearing. Some people reported that he was like a, a lion. And yeah, and somebody could they called it like a hat. <laughs> yeah, he's, it was just kind of funny him correcting all these like bad oh, journalistic it was good. endeavors. But overall, an awesome, like, great showing for Americans. Um, another thing that I feel like has been underreported, but I think is worth pointing out, is like uh, players of color, like, showed up big time like so all these players that i've called out problem x little majin lost soul sonic fox all black players we don't have enough diversity in esports except and i i talk about this all the time except for the fgc and this was a great demonstration of that we got a lot more than just like south koreans whooping the crap out of white people so it it was it changed the narrative so i i think it's great overall it was an amazing event well worth your time to go. There were some great panels from a lot of content creators. We got a lot of exclusive announcements. There's a lot about Evo when developers will show up, support the tournaments, make exclusive announcements at the tournament like it is E3 or Gamescom or whatever. So I think that was amazing. Um, growth overall. Dragon Ball Fighters is at the moment the new king of the FGC if you you know look at viewership and participation. Um, but, but it did also expose, I think, some weaknesses in the game from a spectator standpoint. Though that best of five took for freaking ever, let alone having to go to two best of fives between Sonic Fox and Goichi. It does, it's a very oppressive game. Blocking is a huge part of it. I saw somebody hilariously tweet that the only time, and it's not true, it's, it's partially true, but not true, that the only times people get hyped in Dragon Ball is when you, you scream during Cell's, uh, or freezes, or Cell's, sorry, Cell's intro, or you uh, watch somebody block for 20 seconds. <laughs> 
<laughs> not true, but true. We do get hype about both those things. But there's other things we get hyped about too. It, it was overall great, but like definitely that game needs a little bit more dynamics to the to the gameplay. Um, it needs some more characters in the meta, and I think we'll yeah. we'll get there in time. But yeah, overall. Awesome. Back. Sad you weren't there. I feel like this would have no. been like a good christening into the FGC for you, but maybe next year. Christening in the FGC. Come on. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> I, I really wanted to go to Evo this time around. It was totally planned to go, and then life happens, and you can't go. But um, That's right. yeah, definitely next year, 100%. Awesome. So that was Evo coverage, Evo 2018, the VODs, except for Channel 7, which kind of sucks. They forgot to turn VOD, automatic VOD capture on for the new Evo 7 channel on Twitch. So any games that took place on Evo 7, you are not going to get to watch. But for the most part, all the VODs are available on the various Evo channels, Evo 1 through 6, as well, the Evo main channel. If you want to check out any of those matches, I definitely suggest specifically checking out the little Majin JDCR stuff. I think the Sonic Fox Goichi matches were amazing. All the matches with the Lost Soul. Guilty Gear... Last point, Guilty Gear, which I was super disappointed last year in EVO. It was, like, super boring. Uh, the final matches were just, like, complete freeze. It was horrible. Guilty Gear this year was amazing. Absolutely amazing. I loved every second of Guilty Gear this year. Like, I got up at 8 a.m. and watched the hell out of that, and it was great. So, stoked for my anime fighters to be doing well this year. But that's it until February when EVO Japan rolls back around. That'll be the next time we talk. Well, actually, the next time we talk FGC, but next time we talk EVO will be at the uh, beginning of February, which means we'll have a lot more dynamic meta with uh, Blaze Blue, have a lot more dynamic, dynamic meta with Dragon Ball, and we will have Smash Brothers Ultimate by then. While Dragon Ball Fighters ran into some struggles building on the game's success at EVO, it is still poised to be one of the biggest games in the FGC in 2019, assuming rights holders can stay out of the way. Our last clip of the year is fittingly one of the last big tournaments of the year, the RLCS Finals. While everyone went into the Grand Finals assuming that Dignitas would be dominant, Cloud9 apparently didn't get that memo and proved that Dignitas' Rocket League dominance was not set in stone. I'm Brian, he's Seven, and we're coming at you live from Cloud9's RLCS Victory Party. <laughs> yeah, that, that's one that we uh, we weren't expecting at all and no. we uh we delayed the show because we kept watching it we couldn't move we couldn't even like write show notes we were just glued to the tv i'm telling you rocket league some good stuff this week lucio's dropping some new beats defron can't decide if he's actually in the overwatch league blizzard asks riot to hold their beer when it comes to discrimination and diablo drags down activision stock prices but first it's rain and blue and black confetti which means the impossible has happened in the rocket league championship series grand finals in vegas it was cloud nine with the upset win against two-time defending champions dignitas not only did cloud nine come out of the losers bracket they reset winning six to two total or sorry, eight to two total. Math is hard. <laughs> Are you excited? I mean, I know this is a hard question to ask you because it's like, do you cheer against Dignitas just because they're Dignitas, but you're also a Cloud9 fan? But I don't think any of us predicted this was going to happen. I mean, historically, I've, I've cheered for Dignitas to win because I think they're they're incredibly good players. But uh, we had talked about, like, was is there anybody that could possibly do it? And Cloud9 wasn't even mentioned. Not or, even on that uh, list. Right. So uh, I think when I when I walked in the door it, we were it was going on and we we're like holy crap this is this is actually this is this could happen this and it happened happen. it happened for real it was amazing like the the technical ability of just cloud nine and some of what they what they're able to pull off was just ridiculous i mean north america first title in the rlcs since, since season, season one, one yeah which is just nuts 
not only did Cloud9 beat Dignitas, but Cloud9 whooped the living crap out of Dignitas. It looked like they traded places. It's like a bad 80s movie. It was. Uh, there were, <laughs> it was, my favorite quote, I think at one point in time was, uh, near the end, maybe like the next to last match, it might have even been the last one, where they just kept going right off of, right off of kickoff scoring. They were like, we don't know if just both teams are so incredibly good at kickoff that that's happening, or right now they're just so off their game that they're able to score on kickoff so quickly. Because it was about a minute and 10 seconds left in that final game, and we were like, yeah, Cloud9's got it. And I'm like, don't, don't, don't. And then, Within like 30 seconds, like four goals were scored or something crazy. Yeah, it was insane. There was a point where Cloud9 got ahead, and they literally did not know what to do with themselves. They were head in hands as if they were losing because they were just so blown away that they were beating Dignitas as badly as they were. Yeah, yeah. And I think, like like I mentioned, Torment came out of nowhere on some stuff. Uh, it always seemed like if if the ball went off the, the, the backboard there, he was right there to catch it. Uh, and then I think we saw Squishy with just some crazy, just like straight at the goal last I mean, minute. He told me he had Word.exe on his computer and it was making him a better <laughs> Rocket League player. I would totally believe you. I actually like that. I like that. Uh, I don't know what it would be for Rocket League. What what you would call what what program would you call it? Clippy. Clippy.exe. Clippy. There we there go. Clippy, go. Clippy got in there and he was like, boom, double tap. And if that wasn't enough, we dem girls, that's right, we dem girls, proved that Cloud9 isn't the only org who could make a stake for Rocket League dominance with a win at the E-League Rocket League Cup this December. The RLCS is going to be a very interesting league come 2019. And that's going to do it for these best of episodes. You can catch us back on our regular schedule every Monday and Thursday on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Just head over to eleaguereport.com for all the ways to listen and subscribe. That means, yes, finally, we will be back on Monday to kick off a new, exciting year of the E-League. Report.